Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Reimer. And I'm Manny Emanuel. It was a special weekend for film. The 94th Academy Awards are officially in the rear view. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, trying something a little bit new with this one this year, so we'd really appreciate any listener feedback on what you think of this episode. We've never really done a standalone episode on the Oscars, yeah. so uh, please let us know what you think uh, as we as we walk through what was a... Uh, I'll just say an exciting and controversial weekend, as it usually tends to be. Um, I'm sure the listeners have an idea of where we're going to start, but I want to start, and I know you want to start, yep. uh, with something that makes us happy, makes us feel good. Um, if you're a listener to the show at all in the last year, you know that there's this little movie called Coda that Manny and I are in love with, and Coda... and I guess I should say off the top, we're going to be spoiling the Oscars if you haven't uh, if you haven't watched them already. So here it is. Manny and Mai's favorite movie of the last year, Coda, won Best Picture. Yes. And that's where I think I really want to start. Me is too. How fucking excited were you off the top? So, <laughs> so pumped. So if you had asked me about three weeks ago who was going to win Best Picture, it was, it was The Power of the Dog Running Away. Yeah. And then this surge started, and I can't remember exactly when the cutoff for voting for the Oscars is. I think it's about two weeks prior. Mm -hmm. And this surge for CODA started to build. And I think what had happened is the campaign for CODA kicked into gear about two, about a month, maybe a month and a half ago. And the cast of coda started showing up at all the award shows all together they presented together they ha they actually went to the white house and watched coda with the president together that's a lot of pressure yeah and what ended up happening was it started to gain this momentum and people started to watch it because it was on it's on apple plus which i if i'm not mistaken i last i heard it has like five million subscribers yeah it's not it's not a huge streamer. There's not a lot of content on there. In all honesty, like you could probably get through the entire content of Apple Plus in a month. Like if you had a month of free time. Yeah, I'm sure that in less. the future that that statement will not be true. Like they're going to continue growing this platform. Yes. But as as of the time of recording, yeah, there's not not a lot on Apple Plus uh, as far as content, and there's certainly not a lot on there uh, that's as worth watching as Coda. I've heard Ted Lasso's great. Ted Lasso's unbelievable. I've heard it's really good, and it's I really want to watch it. <laughs> but uh, Do you know what else is on Apple Plus? Hmm. Boy State. Oh yeah, that was one of our favorite movies from last year. That yeah. was a great fucking movie. Fuck, little yeah, documentary was. called Boy State. That's good. <coughs> um, but if you go onto Apple Plus now, which you and I both have in the last couple of yep. days, just all over the place, just Best Picture winner 2021, Coda. Yes, like they they are getting their money's worth advertising this movie. One hundred percent. And what I wanted to get at is that Coda was this little underdog. And while a lot of people really hate the idea of something that is owned by Apple being referred to as an underdog, uh, it is. It really, yeah, it really is. It really is. Now, this this wasn't made by Apple. Apple purchased this at Sundance for twenty five million dollars. Jesus. Yes. Wow. And it paid off. This now. Coda winning Best Picture, if it's going to drastically increase the subscription rate to Apple Plus, I have no idea. They may get a little surge after this, but what it shows is that Apple Plus is serious about being in the film business. And so while I 
I prefer to call Coda an underdog because it is. I understand that it's owned by a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. It was an underdog uh, heading into this. And about a week, week and a half ago, I started feeling pretty confident that this was going to win. Yeah. And... I don't know if you did you fill out an Oscar ballot? No, I didn't. I mean, I had a bit of a busy week beforehand, yeah. and I think I told you I was uh, in Vancouver for right. for a concert actually the days before. So I got home probably about an hour before the Oscars started, took a little nap, and then turned it on. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have time to fill out a ballot like uh, some people in our group chat did. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say um, I really uh, was shocked one way or the other. I definitely expected Power of the Dog to win. Still, uh, it wasn't until. Uh, we got a little bit into the ceremony and it became clear that Coda was uh, winning a couple awards it wasn't necessarily expected to. Like when it won uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, for instance, that was a moment where I was like, okay, maybe maybe this can really happen. Maybe this, this can really happen. That's where I started feeling extremely confident. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. I'm going to cough. Yeah. And I think another moment was uh, Troy. I mean, we'll get to Troy Kotzer's speech in a little bit, I'm sure. One of the best moments of the night. But once it once it started gaining some steam in the ceremony, obviously all the votes are submitted at that point anyway. But, uh, you know, once it started gaining some steam in the st- ceremony, I started getting a little more optimistic. But well, it wasn't Tro- until its name was read at the end that I really fully believed. Well, Troy Kotzer was, was the favorite to win. Going into the going into the night uh-huh. for, for best supporting, Sean Hader winning for best adapted screenplay. It was at that point where I was like, "Oh, they're it's going to win." Mm. Uh, they were only up for three Oscars, and they won all three mm-hmm. that they were up for. I felt really confident about Coda. Well, I felt confident about Coda winning going into the show, but when Sean Hader won, I was like, "Oh wow, this this really could happen," and like I, I've I've mentioned a few times, and we talked about that night. I, and I've mentioned to you, I became pretty much a, a fan of uh, pretentious air quotes film. Yeah. <laughs> around 1992, 1993, and that's where uh, my love of movies really began and began to blossom. And then basically, 94 is when it completely took off. So 94 is 28 years ago. This is the first time in 28 years that my favorite movie has won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced anything like that before. And the joy I had, and I remember, I think you were about 12 seconds behind us in the feed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here anxiously waiting to see your little chat bubble come up so I could say something because I didn't want to spoil it. Yeah, so I I appreciate that. I mentioned to you after the fact that yes. I wasn't looking at my phone during this anyway. I knew that my feed was about yeah ten to fifteen seconds behind yours, so I intentionally was not looking at the feed, not wanting spoilers. Uh, but when when they opened the card, I looked at my phone and I, I saw your little message in there, like nobody say anything until <laughs> Sam catches up. <laughs> and uh, I think I. I can't even remember exactly what I said. I think I just said, let's fucking go. Yeah. Or like, like we did it or something like that. And it was, it was an incredible feeling to have your favorite movie recognized as the best film of the year. Yeah. So I've only really been doing top 10 of the year ranking since we started this podcast. So that's about five years, right? Um, yeah. That's five times we've submitted top 10 lists. Um, so I've never had anything finish above i think fifth place i think in 2019 i 
that was the year Parasite won, right? It was, yes. Well, the 2020 Oscars. Yeah. Um, for 2019, I had Parasite about fifth place, or I may have even had it lower at the time. I, think I had four for me. Yeah, I think I had it seventh at the time, and it's gone up a little bit. So that's like the highest placing that a movie has had that won Best Picture on any of my lists. So yeah, to <laughs> for us to not to jerk ourselves off yes. too much on this, but like it's a really it really is a cool feeling to. <sighs> Uh, to watch this movie back in July, this like cute little underdog story, um, this cute story about family and uh, you know just a movie that touched both of us so deeply. Yes, like you and I were campaigning for this movie to everybody we knew. Anytime I, I'll, I'll speak for both of us and say, anytime over the last nine months or so, anybody has come to me and been like, "Hey, I'm looking for a recommendation. What do I watch?" Coda. Coda. First thing out of my mind. Uh, Coda, absolutely. No I would question. actually go. I would if it was if it was via text. Yeah. I would go Coda, 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 Coda. <laughs> yeah. I would put four or five. Yeah. All in a row. I'm like, I cannot recommend this movie enough. Yeah. So I mean, while the Oscars doesn't always get it right, and while they are not the end all be all opinion on everything, and they shouldn't be treated like that, it is kind of nice to feel that reassurance of just like. Like a movie that we have been with, we've been there cheering with. It's like your team winning the World Series it's or the it, Super that's Bowl. Exactly it's, that's exactly what, what it is. It's the same feeling. It's, it's like we've been rooting for this since day one. Yeah. Uh, I did do a ballot. Mm-hmm. I had my best showing in a long time. Yeah. Well, in our uh, in our little group chat that we had, who was it that was in the Oscars group chat? Was it you, me, Rachel, Jordan, Wes? Yes. That was it. Yeah. So the five oh, of us. And Mush had joined very late. Yeah. Right. So five and a half. Yeah. Because she's half a person. Well, I meant halfway through, but okay, okay. sure. <laughs> I think she's so half a person. Five and a quarter. She's half, half a person. She's a fucking. Mu- she's a fucking mushhead. Okay, sure. All right. So there was, depending on who you ask, anywhere between five and six people in my group chat. <laughs> um. Yeah. How did you do on your ballot? I went twenty for twenty-three. Yeah, that's pretty good. What'd you What'd you miss? I guess would be the easier. Uh, one of the ones that I could care less when I got wrong. Uh, I got, uh, live, uh, animated short wrong. Yeah. Um. The ones I. I got best original song wrong. Uh, I went uh, for Dos Orguitas. Ooh. And what was the other one I got wrong? Um, it must have been definitely nothing but uh, – it was a big one. What? 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 what am I missing? Oh, original screenplay. Mm. Um, I thought they were going to finally give it to PTA. I thought because he's due. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now – I would say within the next five years, PTA is winning an Oscar. Yeah. Just purely from the nature of the politics of the Oscars. And the, the politics of the Oscars, the the level of skill that that man possesses, and he's a great director. I think his next film is going to be something like hugely epic. Like, well, because yeah, I'm, he... like I'm going for it. Yeah, because I mean, you think. Uh, I've only seen three Paul Thomas Anderson movies uh, now with Licorice Pizza coming out this year. And it it's kind of funny looking at his filmography. Uh, we have Boogie Nights and uh, and Licorice Pizza, which are uh, kind of similar tonally. Like mm. they're, they're just kind of like intimate little ta- uh, casts uh, take place in the 70s. Very, uh, you know, uh, character driven. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, right? They have very similar tones. And then in the middle there is There Will Be Blood, which is like this big sprawling epic with like a like a huge set piece of an oil rig catching fire and a character study of a brooding evil man who's slowly corrupted over time by money. So it's like a, a pretty big contrast, right, between those two different tones that he has. So maybe he'll uh, he'll alternate back to the 
to the sort of Western epic mm. style in the next one. And I would be here for that because I fucking love There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Big fan of that movie. So, yeah. So those, those are the three I got wrong. Um, my enjoyment of the show, I'll, I'll be flat out honest, uh, was completely lifted higher by being in that chat group. Yeah, me too. Me like, too. I obviously love the watching the Oscars. I haven't missed any Oscar shows since 93, 94. And it's my favorite night of the year, every year. I look forward to it every year. But the last couple of years, uh, I think Rachel and I have done it now for four years. And I Jordan and Wes joined us last year. Yeah. I haven't even, you and I talked about this. I haven't watched the last two or so years. Yeah. Uh, this is my this is my new Oscar tradition. Yeah. And it makes it so much more fun for me. I don't think I've even told you this yet, but the day of the Oscars was my sister's birthday. <laughs> and I was uh I was relieved when she texted me a few days out and was like, Hey, I'm like not gonna be home for my birthday, just so you know, we should we, can we do something after instead of day of? And I was like, Yes, absolutely we can do something after <laughs> Because uh, I was excited to watch the Oscars with you guys, and uh, yeah, it, it honestly paid off. I I've watched recaps for the most part and hi- sort of highlight reels of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this felt like a very exciting ceremony. This yeah. was this felt like a like a great ceremony. I think it I think it also felt like a great ceremony because we had a dog in the race, for sure. Yeah, for sure we did. Um, and I, like I think... last year I did not have a dog in the race. Yeah, who won last year? Nomadland. Yeah, no yeah. fucking thank you. And no. I and that was another like slam dunk win. Like yeah, I, our our favorite movie last year, both of ours, was Palm Springs, which did not <laughs> sniff the Oscars. <laughs> Didn't come close. No. And nor should it. No, no, it's not that kind of movie. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's get let's talk about what everybody is talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We loved Coda winning. For us, that is, and I'm not even lying. For me, it is still the highlight of that night. When I think about the 94th Academy Awards in the future, it will be the ceremony where Coda won Best Picture. Yes. That's how I will think of it. But sadly, but... we are in the vast minority because yeah. it will be known as the slap. Mm-hmm. Will Smith walks on stage and slaps Chris Rock. For a, in my opinion, very mild joke about his wife. Now, obviously, it, by this time that this is posted, everybody knows about this. Everyone knows the details of it. Yeah, we don't really need to give the play-by-play. <laughs> we don't, but we should for context. Yeah. Chris Rock comes out to present uh, Best Feature Length Documentary. By the way, uh, Quest Loves Movie, which uh, I don't have the name of. Summer of Soul. Summer of Soul wins. I have not seen it, but I have a lot of respect for Quest Love as a performer. Uh, he's the drummer for the band The Roots, mm-hmm. and uh, he's, he's a great performer and allegedly a great guy. Uh, yeah, and apparently the, the movie is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I think it's his first foray into film, yeah. which so good for him. Yes. Anyway, anyway. Moment ruined. Moment ruined. I, I, I barely remember him being on stage. Yeah, and I mean, he didn't give much of a speech. Questlove is an awkward guy in general. I remember seeing an interview with him on, I want to say, John Stewart maybe a long time ago, and he's just like kind of a, an awkward guy in the first place. But to have what happened 
happened right before he comes up on stage. Near minutes. Yeah, he was stumbling a lot and mumbling a lot. I remember him just going, I'm really sorry. I'm just so overwhelmed right now. Yeah. And then having the audience cheer. So So what happens? Chris Rock comes out and Chris Rock uh, sitting right in front of him is Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm -hmm. Chris Rock says, looking great. Can't wait for G.I. Jane 2. G.I. Jane being bald. Being bald. Very mild joke. Now. And uh, for the two of you who don't know, Jada Pinkett Smith has alopecia which and no hair. Chris Rock did not know. Yeah. Thought she just shaved her head. Which, by the way, I would mentioned earlier in the night in the chat group, she looks fucking great. You actually bald. did. That's true. She looks hot bald. She's, pu- she, she's pulling it off. Mm-hmm. I was like, a, a girls with like buzzed hair, like how I keep it, mm-hmm. or like bald, if they can pull it off, I'm not going to lie. It's fucking smoking hot. Mm-hmm. And Jada Pinkett, she's pulling it off. She looked fucking great. Yeah. Now, I did not know she had alopecia. I did not know that she was, I guess, uh, through social media, she has mentioned that she is self-conscious about her alopecia, and that's completely understandable. Guys, men that lose their hair are self-conscious about it. So Chris Rock makes a, a, a very mild joke about her hair. We can see in the play-by-play, there's numerous play-by-plays on YouTube, and some of them are absolutely amazing. The one I listened, one I watched was great. Will Smith is laughing at that point. Now, is he laughing because he actually thinks it's funny, or is he laughing because he knows he's on live TV and he's just doing that fake ha-ha-ha laugh? Either way, whatever. It cuts back to Chris Rock. In that cut, at some point, Will Smith had obviously looked over at his wife, who was visibly upset. And I didn't mention it in the chat group because I couldn't type it fast enough, but you can see her reaction to Chris Rock's joke, and she was not happy. Nope, she rolled her eyes pretty hard. Yeah, pretty hard. So, obviously upset, Will Smith, for some inexplicable reason, gets up on stage. And at this point, as we're watching, I'm like, oh, it's a bit. He keeps walking, and Chris Rock says, oh, Will Smith's walking towards me. Slaps him across the face. Now, it's all so quick and so incredibly shocking at this point, I'm still feeling that it's a skit. Yeah, it didn't really, I don't want to say it like this, it didn't really hit at first for any of us. Will Smith walks back, and he is walking very, almost nonchalantly and arrogantly, almost like a performance. So again, I feel like it's a skit, and this is all in a matter of seconds. Will Smith then sets, it's at this point here, the sound cuts out on the feed. In the American feed. In the American feed. Yeah, the reason that we have the audio after the fact is because America, for some reason, is a fucking prudish country who can't take bad words on television. Yes. But other countries can, like Australia. Yes. So I'm wondering, like, what? I'm like, did my stream cut out? And then you can see on Chris Rock's face, this is not a skit. And then they cut to Will Smith. And while we can't hear what he's saying, reading lips is pretty easy. And he's like, he's saying, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And Chris Rock is like, whoa, it's a G.I. Jane joke. Will Smith then reiterates, 
keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth <laughs> a lot harder and, and then everybody in the room realizes at that at that point this is not a bit this is not a bit <laughs> and it was really awkward watching i can only imagine what it was like in the room chris rock is stumbling a little bit rightfully so he has just been physically assaulted <laughs> I love in the aftermath, he says, Ooh, I could. Yes. He says, I could. And, and he bites his tongue. Himself. He <laughs> takes the high road. Yep. Absolutely. And he I does. have, through all of this, I have nothing but the greatest of respect for Chris Rock. Yeah. Uh, what I've been doing on my phone here, by the way, Manny, has yes. been scrolling. I've just been trying to find the moment in our group chat yes. when it actually happened. And I don't think there's a lot interesting to say here but it is funny to just just re to read through of all of the reactions please so just like uh um oh where did that go oh here we go um rachel says what the fuck is happening that wasn't a bit and wes says is this real dang he's actually going off um lost the audio oh it's back <laughs> uh, that just got real wow like not a lot of insight in the moment but just like what reading through our chat just raw in the moment we had to have been i mean we are the only five people that I know personally that were watching that moment <laughs> yes. live and we were just losing our fucking mind. Like at first when Emma and I were watching, we were like, is this a, is this a fucking joke? Like what a weird, what a weird bit. Wait, where'd the audio go? Oh shit. Will Smith's actually mad. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, so bang, bang, bang yep. quick. <sighs> okay. So my thoughts on it. Number one, what Will Smith did was disgusting and wrong in every way shape or form i do not support him in any way shape or form of what he did chris rock was there to do his job which he's done before he's hosted the oscars before he's hosted the oscars he before. wasn't the host this year but he was kind he was of acting like a, he was just riffing yeah it seemed like he might have been improving. i'm not totally sure oh just, totally was yeah 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 100 percent. and that's what comedians do yeah now whether or not he was paid to be there probably i'm pretty sure none of these guys are all that excited to do this job yeah so there's probably some type of benefit to it but he is a comedian doing his job and the joke he said is so fucking mild compared to the hundreds of things he said on stage about others yeah now i do not want to diminish the fact that jada pinkett smith has a medical condition that has caused her some type of uh what's the word i'm looking for Distress? Uh, in insecurities. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> I am not downplaying that at all. But you, if your job is to be a celebrity, to be a movie star or a TV star, and you are in a couple, you are married to one of the most famous men in the world, and you guys are open about your open marriage and continually, purposely throw yourselves into the spotlight at every chance you get to help build your brand. I'm not saying like power to you. That's great. Your whole family does it. Both your kids do it. Your husband does it. You do it. That's the way you live your life. You have to be prepared to take a couple shots. And for you to think otherwise is so incredibly naive and so incredibly arrogant that it goes beyond my ability to even comprehend that level of, of thinking. It's fine to be upset. If Will Smith had only just sat in his chair and yelled that at Chris Rock 
instead of committing a crime on TV, I think I could get behind Will Smith. Yeah. But I cannot condone what he did in any way. And then get up on stage after and say that he's a vessel of love is just a little bit, a little bit tone deaf. Um, Look, I do a decent amount of thinking about comedians, specifically offensive comedians. I've been a fan of my fair share through the years. I like a good bit of offensive comedy when it's done right. I was an Andrew Dice Clay fan when he first came out. Hey, man, when I was when I was in my (laughs) teens, I was into Daniel Tosh, who was, you know, just nothing sacred. One of these kinds of guys. Even uh, I mean, I talk about Bo Burnham all the time on this podcast. Uh, He is. He's distancing himself from the style, but in his YouTube days, he was, you know, he wrote songs about Helen Keller, like, about just like, it was like really off-base sort of stuff. He wrote a song about the KKK as well, so like, um, you know, I'm not opposed to a good offensive joke. I think the key to doing it right is uh, it needs to be punching up, or at least in a lot of situations. Something like the KKK, you don't need to give a shit because, you know, those aren't people. Um... But you need to, for for making fun of somebody in the audience, for instance, like this, I think it's important that if, it, if you're going to be harsh, you need to be punching up. And making fun of the Smiths is punching up. Yep. This is a powerful fucking family. These are incredibly famous, incredibly wealthy, incredibly influential people. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. It is not picking on them to make fun of Jada Pinkett Smith's hair. I don't feel. Um, there's a lot of... Good arguments, good faith arguments, I think, to be made that, um, you know, it was it was mean. And you can think it was more mean than funny. The joke, honestly, not that funny as far as I'm concerned. It did not. It, if you if you rewatch it, it didn't, it didn't hit, land. It didn't land. It didn't land. It's not that funny of a joke. No, um, it wasn't. Also worth pointing out, something I've seen pointed out online, uh, Chris Rock actually helped, uh, he, uh, helped develop a documentary in 2009 called Good Hair. And it's specifically about African-American women's hair and how important it is to them. So a lot of people have taken that fact and said, wow, Chris Rock should really know making fun of this woman's hair is not okay. Again, you can hold that point of view and you can hold that it was more mean than funny. But none of that justifies assaulting a man on TV. Correct. It is an absolutely ludicrously lopsided reaction yes. to it. Yes, yes. Again, and if if Will had sat in his chair and said, "Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth," he he might have a larger portion of people like us saying, "Yeah, maybe it was a little too far." We can we can have the discussion that the joke was too far. I don't think it was, but you're open to that. I'm open to that opinion. Yep, I'm sure there are points to be made. Hundred <laughs> percent. I am not open to the opinion that the reaction was proportional. I, I it was I not agree. even I a little bit wholeheartedly. So because of this. There's ramifications and um, – trying to think of the other word, but I can't. So Will consequences? Smith – Yeah. No, not consequences. Uh, Will Smith doing this, now what he's done is he made this year's Oscars about himself. Now, this he didn't do, he didn't pre-plan this, so I'm not accusing him of that. People who think this was a stunt, I think, are wildly off base. Oh, my God. Yeah. This uh, – the evidence is not there. The, did it, did the it help same, the Did the, it help the Oscars viewership? Probably. Yeah. What was it a pre-planned stunt? Absolutely not. One hundred percent, it wasn't. One hundred percent, it wasn't. But what this did is it did two things, and both of them are negative. Number one, it took away from Coda's night, mm-hmm. and I will always, 
I was not a Will Smith fan prior to this night, as you are well aware. I enjoy him in movies. I've never liked him. Yeah, he hurt his own stock. I've never liked him. And it's from, I've never met him. I honestly don't know what kind of person he is. I'm going by... I have an idea now. (laughs) Yes, this gives you a full view of the type of person he is. I'm sorry, it it truly does. Is now a good time to discuss uh, their not-so-subtle connections to Scientology? Smith and Smith? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so they, uh, there's a bunch of speculation. I don't think they've ever been officially tied to Scientology, but they did fund a charter school, I think, in the New York area, um, which was explicitly based off of the teachings of L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, and many people have drawn connections between that piece of shit movie, After Earth, that Will and Jaden Smith did. They've drawn a lot of connections between that and the teachings of L. Ron Hubbard as well. So, um, there's a lot of public... Is M. Night Shyamalan a Scientologist? Not that I know of. Okay. Not that um, I know of. I know he directed that movie. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure he wrote it. So if there's connections, then they are hmm. not purposeful. Yeah. I'm not honestly sure. But okay. l- let's just leave it at the fact that there's been a lot of public speculation uh, about the Smith's connection to Scientology. All right. That doesn't play into this for me. Okay. <laughs> so number one, it takes away from what is a beautiful night um, for an underdog film. And number two, what it does – well, now actually now three – it completely takes a lot of shine off of Will Smith, and this was going to be his career highlight. Him winning the Best Actor Oscar, in my opinion, was the biggest lock of the night. I honestly, with, and I'm not even exaggerating, I would have put every cent in my bank account on him winning. I was over Benedict Cumberbatch. Like I, I agree that he was the favorite, but I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was supposedly a. Uh... A co front runner or dark horse even? Not not in my opinion. Okay. He was he's number two. Mm-hmm. He wasn't winning. Okay. I like last year I felt pr- I felt pretty good about Chadwick, but not like well, the Academy did too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Academy sure did. Like I haven't like off the top of my head, the last time I felt this confident in somebody winning would be Daniel Day Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like it was a foregone conclusion. In my opinion. And as a Obviously, there have been upsets, and we've seen it. But like, I, I'm not kidding. If if somebody would have taken that bet and given me even odds, I would have taken it. Mm-hmm. They're like, I have two thousand dollars in my bank account. I'll bet you two thousand dollars. It will. And they'll be like, I'll take that bet. It's like, fucking, let's do it. Sign it up. I would have had. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have even hesitated. So, him assaulting Chris Rock has now taken away what was going to be one of his career. This is now his career defining moment. Instead of him winning the Oscar. Him winning the Oscar would have sent that place into a tizzy. It would have been an eruption. Hollywood was anxiously awaiting to give this man an Oscar. He is incredibly charismatic. He is a very good actor. He is incredibly popular. And I hate to say it, he's African-American. It helps. Mm -hmm. Big time. So... The Oscars were just waiting to slob on this man's knob. Yes. Just, they were they were absolutely ready to go for it. Yep. Yep. And don't get me wrong. I've stated numerous times I, I believe in a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. I have no problem. Like, he deserved this win. 
he's really fucking good. Yeah, anybody who thinks that... Uh, I remember people being like, wow, I can't believe he did this and then won an Oscar. It's like, well, yeah, the voting already happened. <laughs> yes. Like, if, if, if he punched someone in the face and then there was a vote, he might lose a couple votes, certainly. I mean, it wouldn't change the quality of his performance, yeah. but he might lose a couple of political votes. So, sadly for him, this moment has now taken away what was going to be an incredibly deep and important and in, uh, just a career highlight and now it will forever be tainted forever be tainted yeah i think he well he obviously did a disservice to himself because uh his big night is now ruined yeah uh, he did a disservice to quest love and everybody who is connected to the movie uh, whose uh, award he overshadowed. Yep. He did a disservice to Coda, our favorite movie of the year, uh, because the night that should have been remembered for that movie winning Best Picture uh, is now about Will Smith doing the slap, and he did a disservice to the Oscars, which continues to gain this sort of reputation as a sideshow. Um, so really a, a disappointing series of actions. Um, there's been a lot of fallout in the days following the Oscars mm -hmm. over this. Uh, the best thing to come of this, of course, is the memes, as always, as we oh. knew was going to happen. We knew there was going to be memes, and there's going to continue to be memes for years about this. Um, Will Smith has released an apology, and I believe he did apologize to Chris Rock after the fact, mm -hmm. or rather his PR agent did, and Will Smith signed off on it. Um, the real chance, I think, to salvage this was the speech. So Will Smith, of course, wins Best Actor, uh, makes an award speech, and we're we're sitting here waiting <laughs> for whatever the hell he's gonna say. I was anxiously awaiting his win because I'm like, I need to see what this motherfucker's got to say for himself. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, that was his chance to apologize to Chris Rock, and there it went. It came and went. He apologized to the Academy, apologized to his fellow nominees, didn't apologize to Chris Rock. Um, instead, he gets up on stage and says, Richard Williams. All he wanted to do was protect his family and emphasize the words protect his family. And you can hear the crowd go, oh, it, it does not work. You do not equate what Richard Williams did for his family <laughs> with what you just did. What you do is embarrass your family permanently. Would we be sitting here talking about Jada's alopecia if Will, Will Smith hadn't done what he did? We absolutely would not be. I wouldn't even remember that he told that joke. No. No. Like we said, it was a fucking bomb. It didn't, it's, didn't it's, land. It's not like Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes literally ripping people apart. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I, there was at times – I stopped watching the Golden Globes because, as you well know, I actively hate that show. And that Golden they Globes – The joke about the Golden Globes in the In Memoriam? Yes. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. Might have been my favorite joke of the night. It was great. That or Amy Schumer talking about Leo's girlfriends. Yep. That was good. Or, I mean, we'll we'll get to... Um, we should talk about the hosts after, but let's finish up on Will Smith. We will. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's wrap this up. He completely fucked the entire evening. Mm -hmm. And while it's given fodder for meme lords out there and for comedians <gasps> and all of that and gave Oscar a moment that people will never forget... This is now up there with the Moonlight La La Land debacle. Yeah, this is um, sadly um, something that will, will never be forgotten 
and it's so incredibly unfortunate because this night should be remembered for some of the uh, the the much better moments, such as Coda winning, Troy Kotzer's speech, which might be one of my all time favorite speeches. Very emotional. Um, even <laughs> I'm gonna go. She's about to cry. Um, I, I I can't remember her name. Young Soon Jo. Yes. Uh, signing his mm-hmm. name. Oh, oh man. Oh. <laughs> it was delight. The whole. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, the presentation of the award as well, by the way, with her saying, I'm really sorry if I'm not able to pronounce everyone's name properly. <laughs> She's saying it in sort of, um, you know, not quite broken English, but like not great, not fluent. Yeah. <laughs> she was just very cute. I think she was one of the internet's favorites of the yeah, night. She was great. So I, I think I'm done talking about him. I, Me too. I, I'm really tired of giving that moment more air. Um. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we kind of get to the wrap-up of this thing? Yeah, so, I mean, I want to talk about the hosts a little bit. Uh, Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes sort of uh, co-hosted the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I made a joke off the top about it being cheaper to hire three women than to to hire a man to do it, which which landed very well. Overall, I thought they did a very good job. And if you had told me I was about to say this (laughs) before the ceremony, I would have told you you're a liar. Uh, Amy Schumer was the highlight of the three. She was fucking hysterical. She was unbelievable. She was really, really good. Yeah. And we we said this in the group chat. Uh, neither of us really Amy Schumer fans, and that's putting it mildly. I'm, I'm, but I'm not, I'm not a hater. I I just have I've I have no. Uh, I have no relationship with her. I've never watched any of her stand-ups, and I've never watched any of her movies. I've never watched any of her stand-up. I watched Trainwreck with her and LeBron James, which was a fine movie. Uh, she was not the best part of her own movie, not by a long shot. And I, I heard LeBron was actually good in it. He was, which I was shocked <laughs> by. Uh, um, and I also saw her on the roasts. So like, she made appearance on some of the Comedy Central roasts. And she, again, she was never one of my okay. one of my favorites. Um, so. I wasn't really a fan of hers, and I was very pleasantly surprised. She was fucking hilarious. Fuck, after everything with the slap went down, and she comes out and goes, Sorry, guys, I had to get out of that Spider-Man costume. Did I miss anything? The mood in here has really changed. (laughs) That was fucking amazing. That was great. Perfect. Um, There's one sketch from the hosts uh, I had a problem with. Like that, not that just wasn't funny, but like I had an actual problem with. Regina Hall, the cringy sketch about her being single... And calling up the guys uh, to get uh, COVID swabs yeah. uh, and to be inspected backstage, and her like actively feeling up Jason Momoa. That was the moment where I felt it crossed a line. Uh, is when she started putting hands on a couple of the guys on stage uh, and you know patting them down. Ha ha ha! I I don't like playing this card because <laughs> exactly it's always like a double standard is not always the same thing i realize the experience of being a woman and being assault sexually assaulted is very different than the experience of being a man and being sexually assaulted and the optics of it is very different but if the roles were reversed oh boy what a frenzy if jason momoa had patted down regina hall instead the fucking internet outrage would have been insane yeah it would have and rightfully so in my opinion but the fact that he's a big, strong man makes it like, ha, 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 he can take it is like such a like a toxic point of view, yeah. in my opinion. Like the people who are laughing at that joke are the same people who tell Terry Crews to get over it when he reported that he was assaulted. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's such a toxic point of view and it like it really degrades men every like men everywhere who have been through sexual assaults and just really women everywhere who have been through sexual assaults, too. I like, I, I don't know. I found it tasteless is, is what I'll say. 
I didn't find it as tasteless, but what yeah. I found is it was going on too long. Yes, absolutely. It, did. it was, I would say off the top of my head, probably a good three to five minute long sketch. Mm-hmm. If you would, she just, she just strung it out too long. That was my opinion. Like up until the moment she put hands on Jason Momoa, I was going, okay, it's just, this isn't funny. Like yeah. this is just not landing for me. And then she touched Jason Momoa and I'm like, okay, <laughs> like what, what are we doing here? Like what, what, what are the Oscars doing? So uh, I didn't find that particularly funny. Um, but with that blemish put aside, I thought they overall did a, did a damn good job. The three of them together. Uh, <coughs> sorry. One second here. Uh, I, I don't think uh, we've really talked a lot about Dune, but it's worth acknowledging that they absolutely fucking cleaned up every technical award under the sun. Uh, Dune came home with six Oscars. Big fan of that. We, I mean, I think they uh, led the way behind only Power of the Dog for a number of nominations. So Power of the Dog had 12. Dune had 10. Uh, whereas Power of the Dog only won for Best Director, <laughs> uh, which is... Both an upset and also great to see another. Uh, we now have three woman best director winners, two in a row. Um, so while while that's great for Power of the Dog, I think uh, I wanted to celebrate Dune just a little bit. Getting six technical Oscars, Denis Villeneuve, the man himself, he's gonna get his Oscar one day, man. He's gonna fucking get his. Yeah. He's just gonna have to wait a little bit, but he's it's gonna get there. Yeah. And, and then the only other movie that actually won multiple Oscars was The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which I haven't seen. I don't know if you'll like it because. You you didn't grow up with with the Bakers on TV, yeah. So for me, like I I really enjoyed the Eyes of Tammy Faye way more than I thought. Mm-hmm. But it was like it was the same thing, even though it really shouldn't. It was hitting my nostalgia. I like because I oh, remember shit. <laughs> I, rem- I remember seeing them on TV. Mm. I remember the fucking scandal. I remember everything about that whole thing, not in extrusion, like not in detail. Like watching the movie, I was like, oh, I didn't know that, mm. but reliving that i was like i'm like oh my god i'm like i remember all of this um i had a, but i had a really good time yeah I, that's really all i had to say about it i mean we covered all the bases for for the oscars really as far as i'm concerned all right so let's go to the ask the oscars after party you actually let off with the first question we we're going to ask here at the after party how are the hosts uh so we've already covered that yeah so we'll move on to the next one uh what did you think of the set uh, I thought it was pretty good. There was a lot of uh, a lot of like CG elements. It looked like like a lot of it was uh, sort of generated after the fact. But generally speaking, it was a um, an interesting set, to say I, the least. I liked it. Uh, I liked it a lot actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one thing I really enjoyed, I loved the seating at the lower part. The more lounge seating instead yeah. of the theater seating that they usually have. I'm sure that's probably a function of covid restrictions to a degree mm-hmm. i guess the sort of the, the separation of tables and whatnot i'm sure they probably I, I don't know what restrictions are like in the state of california right now but um i don't know i have yeah. no idea but i they can't they can't be that strong because behind them everyone's in theater seats that's true yeah so it can't be that strong I, what it what it felt to me is it gave it more of a relaxed feeling mm-hmm. and it definitely looked like they were more comfortable yes yeah. Now, a little too comfortable in some of their cases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and like obviously, all the people behind them and up in the balcony, they're stuck in the regular theater seats. But at least for the majority of the show, you're seeing these stars in a much more relaxed atmosphere, similar to the Golden Globes, which is one of the things I did like about the Golden Globes is the very relaxed atmosphere they had. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they're all getting drunk, so whatever. But I really, I did enjoy that aspect. Um, it gave 
it gave the show a, a little bit more of an intimate feel um, for me, so I really enjoyed that part. Cool. Um, all right, Sam, best presenter. Uh, I loved uh, Liza Minnelli at the end, uh, presenting Coda for the end. I thought it was uh, she. She was definitely struggling to be up there. Uh, she, but I thought she landed it in the end. I think my my probable pick though for best presenter, I think is going to be uh, uh, the woman who presented Troy Kotzer's award. Okay, uh, who, yep. whose name I can't remember honestly. Yeah, I can't remember it. Hold on, I have it right here. It is Yoon Young Jung. Yeah, Yoon Yo Jung. Sure, I'll uh, I'll leave that to you. Okay. Uh, I can't honestly remember any of the other presenters right now. You're gonna have to help me out. Anyone else that you wanted to point out? Um. Well, I, can I? I, I want to touch base on your Liza Minnelli sure. thing. Um. That hurt. That broke my heart. Yeah. Um. I love when the when the Academy brings back legends mm-hmm. to give them another moment to remind people that there is a history here in film and to honor them. The problem is, is that it was painfully obvious that she was unable to do what was required. Mm -hmm. And I want to give the biggest tip of the cap to Lady Gaga who bailed her out. Oh yeah. Hard. I am not a Lady Gaga fan, but she's winning me over with what she does in film. Yeah. Her. I've only seen, I have I think you mean you're not a fan of her music. I don't. Okay. I don't really listen to her music. Yeah. Me neither. I this is my age showing. I didn't like her antics because I saw them before when Madonna did them. Okay. So the fucking meat dress, yeah. all that fucking bullshit, her trying to be controversial. She seems to have outgrown that a she, little bit. 100%. Yeah. And I understand, and I said this at the time. I'm going on Lady Gaga rent. <laughs> I said this at the time. I, I've heard some of her music. I could tell she's talented. I understand that talent does not win you fans mm-hmm. if you're a pop artist. Like, as an example, there's no denying Adele's talent. It's yeah. otherworldly. Yeah. So she doesn't have to rely on antics to become famous. Mm-hmm. Someone like Lady Gaga, who is singing pop songs, has to do something to stand out. And she took that path, and now she's moved past it, like Madonna did. But mm-hmm. for me... I'm just like, I saw this 20 years ago. I'm good. But what she's now done is she's moved past it. She's got her fan base. She's got her money. Now she can really show because everyone knows that she's talented. Now she can just get by on her talent. She doesn't have to continue being controversial or look at me, look at me. Mm -hmm. Um, So a few years ago, she was asked to come to the Oscars and um, help celebrate uh, an anniversary of The Sound of Music, where she was... Uh, right, I remember that. Yeah, I was so fucking angry. Yeah. <laughs> Until she started singing, and I was like... Oh, she's really talented. <laughs> oh, she's really fucking good. So I was like, God I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a big turning point for her she image, I felt like. so good. Yeah. Then she's in one of my favorite movies of that year, Star is Born, mm-hmm. and fucking kills it. And right, right there, I'm like, I now respect you. I'm not a fan yet, but I'm going that way. Last night at the Oscars, I might cry. Like it was so touching because Liza Minnelli, old, not apparently not really all there, mm-hmm. 
and Lady Gaga bailing her out to make sure that she is not embarrassed in front of millions of people was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Such a beautiful moment that Lady Gaga handled perfect. I am going to cry. Handled perfectly. Mm -hmm. So I just want to give my thanks to Lady Gaga for that moment. Um, my best presenter is Kevin Costner. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, and what a what a presentation it was. What award was he going Director. for? Director, yeah. And he talked about his experience uh, with film and growing up, becoming a fan, and then becoming a director. And he was very heartfelt and yeah. and uh, very, uh, I guess, well-spoken would be the word. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was a really great presentation. You're right. Awesome. I, then the second that he came up on stage, our group chat blew up immediately. <laughs> like, oh, man, his boyfriend is here. <laughs> he is my boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next one. Best skit or moment? So the best skit or the best kind of stand-up routine. Not like not the best moment. Like you can't pick Coda winning as right, the best right, moment. So right. the best kind of comedic moment or, um, as an example, uh, if you really enjoyed the Bond tribute. Right, Any, right. Anything like, best like that. segment, sort best of. Best segment, guess. sure. Yep. Um, I, that's a good question. I would maybe have to think about that. Off the top of my head, one of the ones that really stood out was uh, was Amy Schumer coming out after the slap and kind of dissolving the tension in the room. That, mm-hmm. that not only was that a, a funny moment, I think it was kind of an important moment for the atmosphere of the of the whole thing. Okay, so yeah. off the top of your head, you can go with that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Mine's very similar. Mine's actually Amy Schumer's monologue after the three of them were out there together. Mm-hmm. That's where she came out, and she made uh, that was where she made the uh, Leo DiCaprio joke. Oh yeah, she made a couple really great jokes in there where I'm like, oh my god, do I like Amy Schumer? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that that's my favorite kind of skit moment. Cool. Um, worst moment. Ah, shit. don't pick that. Don't pick that. Pick what I'm looking for is what part of the show was like you didn't really like. Uh. Can I go with the Regina Hall uh, boyfriend sketch? You can. I'm going to go with that then. Okay. Uh, boyfriend sketch. Um, mine is the one I hated the most. Uh, a part of the show I look forward to, which is so fucking morbid of me to say, the thing I look forward to, one of the things I look forward to the most is the in memoriam. Mm-hmm. I love that it gives a chance for people to honor those that we have lost in the art form that we love the most. Mm-hmm. <sighs> One, at times the music was a little too upbeat. Yes, I it was. I understand that there is a big change of nowadays of, I can't remember the last time I've been to a funeral. Mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of celebration of lives, yeah. but I can't remember the last Just funeral. call it a few, like, right? Like, I, I, like, I've been to, I think, one celebration of life, and like, everybody know, there knows what we're here to do. Yeah. Everybody here knows what this is. Yeah. Just call it a funeral. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So that's fine. Whatever. If calling it a celebration of life diminishes the uh, the mourning and, the, and the, the, the feeling of loss that you have, awesome. I'm so glad I can do that for you. Yeah. But it is a funeral. This in memoriam is a chance for us to honor and recognize those that we have lost in this incredible art form. Mm-hmm. Some of the music was a little too upbeat for my liking. But what bothered me the most is this is our chance to remember the people we've lost and they continue to show the people singing and fucking dancing. You should just have, for the people in the theater, if you want to have that, great. For us at home, I don't want to fucking see them. <laughs> I want those faces on my screen 
and I really wish that for some of them, for the actors or the composers, I just want a little tiny little, a little clip of them doing something. Like they would sometimes with when composers die, you just see them up up front uh, in front of their orchestra composing. It's two second clip. Mm-hmm. With an actor, you get like a, a five second clip of a scene, maybe their most famous moment. With directors, you sometimes see them sit in a chair and pull and doing stuff like that. That's what I want. But when they keep cutting back to the that choir that was singing and dancing, sometimes I couldn't see the fucking name of the person that's being memorialized because the dancers were in the way. It was so fucking horrible. It it honestly made me angry. Mm-hmm. I was getting angry. It's making you angry again. It is making me angry right now. Yeah. Uh, um, what did you think of the little um, insert speeches that were included for some people? I didn't, in all honesty, I was so angry. <laughs> that you weren't even listening? I missed, I didn't even see the dog that Jamie Lee Curse was holding. Yeah, so in the group chat, me and Rachel were going back and forth. Um, so when Betty White's name was up on stage. And Jamie, I didn't even know who she was memorializing. Yeah, it was, it was That's Betty how White. angry it was. Yeah, it was Betty White was up, uh, her face was up on the screen. And Jamie Lee Curtis came out holding a dog and said, uh, during Betty White's life, she, you know, did a lot for animals, whatever. And Rachel and I are just going back and forth like, hey, this dog is fucking terrified. Like, let it go off stage. It is like visibly shaking and scared. And me and Rachel, if there was one thing that made me the most angry during the in memoriam, it's the fucking dog. They were just torturing this dog for our entertainment. It's terrible. Yeah. <sighs> All right. The best win. I mean, is it not Coda for Best Picture? Is it Coda for you? I think so. Okay. That, that's the one that made me the most happy. Like I said, it was like my team won the fucking World Series, which I have never experienced. I know you have, but I assume, <laughs> I assume it's great. <laughs> I assume I've, it's excellent. Uh, I've experienced it four times. Yeah. It gets a little <laughs> little worse every time, I bet. Eh? <laughs> every year, it's just like, nah, I've done this before. Another one, yawn. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll put this ring on my thumb. Yeah, like they would ever give you a fucking ring. <laughs> <laughs> I should be. I'm probably the only fan in British Columbia. Yeah. Um this was a toss-up for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Coda, but Troy Kotzer was pretty big for me. Yeah, uh, honestly, 1A and 1B. This one's a little bit harder because mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But the win you hated to see. Um, If you even have one. Gosh, that's really tough. Hold on. Let me scroll through these a little bit quickly. Because, like, I can think of, like, one from the past is the easiest one. It's the one I hate the most. It's Remy Malik. I don't have one this year. But I might feel that way about Will Smith. Yeah, I mean, I know that we all, like, Will Smith, his win didn't feel like justice, per se. But it also was deserved on the basis of his performance. Um, I would say the one that I wanted to see the least... As much as I hate to see it, uh, say it is uh, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Um, it's a well-directed, well-made movie, and I'm happy that we have a third woman winner of Best Director now. I'm glad that list is growing. And back-to-back, too. Yeah, crazy, hey? Last year, we have uh, Chloe Zhao for uh, Nomadland, another one I actually didn't love. Um, I, liked, I like this win better than I like Chloe Zhao's win, but I still would have given it to 
Spielberg or Brana, I think, over... I, definitely, I would have given it to Villeneuve if he was in there, but, you know, alas. I couldn't... There's no way I could give it to Brana over Jane Campion. Yeah, I know. Maybe that's just more of a personal thing, because, I mean, obviously, I personally enjoyed Belfast a hell of a lot more than Power of the Dog, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I would say the closest thing I have to a good answer for this is Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, but I wasn't, like, outraged. I was just a little bummed, I guess. I'm going to put down Campion, kinda. Campion, kind of. Is that yeah. good? Yeah, like I'm, I'm fine with the win. I didn't lose any sleep over it. I don't have any. Yeah, I don't. Ha- I think every, I think every win, um, the only like, okay, if I'm, if I'm forced to pick, yeah, because we're being gun, forced to pick, gun to your head. Okay, then it's Belfast for uh, original screenplay. Okay, but even then, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't use the word hate mm-hmm. or even disappointed. Maybe I'm just mad because I got that one wrong. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, next up. How were the musical numbers? Overall, pretty good. Um, we don't talk about Bruno. Is uh, That musical number was kind of underwhelming, or is that just me? Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. What was the deal with that? And we had one of our uh, one of our um, Encanto songs uh, performed by a guy who was visibly nervous. Yeah. Which it, was a little uncomfortable to watch. It, it was hurting my heart. Yeah. At least, like, he sounded great. Yeah, like, if I had my eyes closed or something, it would have been fine, but, but he, he, wh- that, that microphone would not stop moving in his hand. Watching his handshakes had me scared for him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, the whole time, I'm like, please don't fuck up. Please don't fuck up. I, I thought he was going to pass out or something. It, I've, I've, ne- I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Like, at, the, at a professional level, I've obviously seen some people, you know, singing at school concerts that were, I thought they were going to die from a heart attack. Um, I, I thought the musical numbers were fine. There were, you know, like there's, there's high bars being set here. Like, is anything ever going to top Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's rendition? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that was one that was fucking beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Like they were circling the fucking piano and shit. Bradley Cooper goes and picks her up from the fucking crowd and they walk up there together. Like, <laughs> like that's a chef's kiss to the fucking showrunner that year. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I, the musical numbers were were fine. I I, I liked I liked No Time to Die from Billie Eilish mm-hmm. and uh, Phineas O'Connell. Um, I'm not generally a pop music fan, but I actually have developed I think a pretty big respect for these two. I think they're really talented musicians, and I think Billie Eilish is a really talented singer. So I I was uh, even though I didn't fill out a ballot, I did call the shot on No Time to Die in the chat before it came up, nice. and I, I was happy that it won. Wicked. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I is, think. So do you think that one that was the best one for you then? Was Billie Eilish's? I performance? think so. That was okay. the best one for me personally. Uh, oh, that's called No Time to Die. No Time to Die is what that's called after the Bond movie. <sighs> hmm. I'm 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 gonna echo it. Mm-hmm. I think it was the best. I really did like the performance of Dos Arguitos. Me too. Um. So it's pretty. But close. I wasn't really focused on the music. <laughs> I, I really wasn't. I was just. Really focused I was on like, him. please don't pass out on stage. Um. Best speech. Troy Kotzer. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Next question. <laughs> Uh, I, I really want to go next question because if I start talking about it too much, I'm probably going to start crying. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, I just keep thinking like that was the happiest I was that night when he won. And I, I was so happy when Coda won, but that tainting really fucking lo- the slap really brought it down. I can only, can you imagine the joy would have had if that slap hadn't occurred? Honestly, I had, in that moment, I forgot about it. Ugh. In that moment, I was I was a one-track mind. I was. 
of okay. It's gonna take you a little time. Okay. But I think it's an interesting question. Of this year's winners, so any of them, anyone you want to pick, who's gonna be the first one to win again? That's cool. Okay, let's see. Um, it's gonna be a while for Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I think Will Smith's time has uh, <laughs> has come and gone. Um, gosh, that is a good question. Um, okay, I'll. Uh, I think I have my answer. I just want to double check and make sure that I'm not missing anyone. Um, for example, Hans Zimmer would be a really good answer, but it took him from '94 until now to win his second Oscar. Yeah. Um, he won for uh, the Lion King score. So I don't know if he'll get another one anytime soon. Um, uh, Denis Villeneuve did not actually win anything himself, correct? Right, he, so you can't pick Yeah, him. so I can't pick Denis Villeneuve because he technically didn't win, even though Dune won six whole Oscars. So I think actually the easy answer is Kenneth Branagh. Okay. Uh, I think Kenneth Branagh, uh, he won uh, for the screenplay for Belfast, but... If we're not restricting it to the same category, I mean, he could win. Uh, nope, a... I just who could win another Oscar. Yeah, okay, so he could win for screenplay. He could win for directing. He could win for acting. I think. Uh, I think Kenneth Branagh is an easy pick here. Okay, so my my easy pick. I, uh, I there's kinda... okay. There's one other one who I think I I think you're gonna say. Okay, who do you think I'm gonna say? I think you're gonna say Jessica Chastain. I think Jessica Chastain will win another one, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be like Meryl Streep. I think she's going to win it in like 30 years. Okay, cool. Like on the back half of her career where she gets like this incredible supporting role. Yeah. Um, no, my easy one um, is going to be the visual effects team for Dune. Oh, okay. That, that's, my e- <laughs> that's my easy one. Yeah. Uh, but I want to go with something a little bit better. Uh, I do like your Hans Zimmer pick. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. I Obviously, he is incredibly talented. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. No, and he's going to... Um, He's going to win a lot. Uh, you know, that's what I'm, I'm going with Hans Zimmer. Cool. I love that, obviously. And uh, we didn't even really talk about it. Man, was I ever delighted to see my boy win the, <laughs> win the best, uh, best original score. Even though, I mean, Dune was not even close to his personal best score. Like, not even, not even close. But, I mean, I'm, it's the best one of all the ones I'm looking at right now. Dune, Don't Look Up, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. I really like The Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Of this year's winners, which one will we look back on in five plus years and call it a travesty? Uh, because of the merit of the performance, or because of the politics surrounding it? The merit of the performance. Okay, so then Will Smith is not the answer. <coughs> Will Smith definitely not the answer. Honestly, I think the Academy got it right in a lot of spots. I'm scrolling through these winners, and there's not a single one that I was disappointed by. Obviously, I didn't see every uh, every winner this year, but, I mean, Dune won a bunch of stuff, and it deserved everything that it won. And then the acting awards all make perfect sense. Um, Manny, uh, f- stop me. Uh, if I think they got it right. I think there's there's definitely no travesties in here. I I'm with there's you. no travesties. I couldn't in here. find one. Yeah, I couldn't find one. I'm with you. Uh, what win five years from now will we be the happiest with? I think still Coda. <laughs> <laughs> I don't foresee a future where I'm looking back and being like, you know what? I really wish that Don't Look Up would have won. All right, this is putting you on the spot. Okay. Yeah, and the rest of these weren't. Yeah, <laughs> but this one you're gonna have to think. And okay. if you want a moment, you let me know because I have. For those of you that don't know, I've just sprung these questions on Sam. He had no prep for any of these. Yeah. All right. What categories would you like to add into the Oscars? 
Okay, yeah, I'm going to need a moment okay, for Okay, then listen to me on this. This is my idea. Remember how we've had discussions on how I value performances where they create a character mm-hmm. instead of basing their character off a real person? Mm-hmm. What about splitting the Oscar? In so sh- in the same way that they've split screenplay into original and adapted? Yes. Uh, so you would get character or performance based oh, but- on a new character? Yeah, best original Best performance based on an original idea. Best performance based on a pre-existing person. Okay, so then you get uh, you get Joaquin for Joker in the one <laughs> in you know the the one category, and then you get I don't know who else even would have been that year. Adam Driver. Adam from, Driver for Marriage Story. Story. There you go. Now, my opinion: what this does for the show, you get more stars there, mm-hmm. and you get more acting awards, which are one of the main. Dr- if not the main draw for for a casual fan to watch this, mm-hmm. they want to see. Most of the time, they don't really care about best picture. They're more they're they just want to see their actor win. Yeah. So more, and I, more I, mainstream appeal. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I think and, that's a good and, idea. And I know adding awards is not going to shorten the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, fuck, they're not even televising all the fucking awards now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my idea: is uh, splitting up the acting into adapted and original i I think that's a that's a reasonable idea um they the splitting of categories traditionally has not lasted that long the oscars especially in recent years has been merging more categories Mm -hmm. so while i don't think yours is a bad idea i don't think it's one that's going to happen oh no i don't think it is either yeah um yeah i i think um like even the sound categories they've merged recently and then i mean merged and unmerged it's, it's going uh, back and forth. They even used to do, uh, I think, the, the score category used to be split. They used to have best comedic score and best dramatic score, which yep. seems ludicrous, honestly, now. Yep. Um, I get it because in the 90s, they were two completely different things, but they merged them back. Um, anyway, the, so the categories that first come to mind are ones that have actually been discussed by more people than myself and, and you. Um, categories like uh, best stunt work mm-hmm. have been thrown around. Um, in practice... In theory, I like that idea. I think stunt people are a very important part of movies. And when we can get some practical stunts, which are rarer and rarer these days, but when we can get them, they're really cool to have in movies. It, When you think about it, it almost seems ludicrous that we don't recognize them. It seems like they've been around for so long. Why the hell wouldn't we recognize these people who are doing great work? And the answer to that is the Oscars has said they don't want to do... Uh, any stunt work categories because they're worried it'll create an arms race. Yes. They're worried that people will do more dangerous and dangerous stunts until somebody dies yep. in the pursuit of that. I 100% yeah. agree. Which really sucks because I want a stunt work award, but that just that's too good of a reason for me to include one. Yeah. I, I think um, people risking their lives for a little golden trophy is not something... I want on my conscience. So uh, I don't think that's the answer. Uh, Then there was a couple years ago when the Oscars tried to do uh, best popular movie, best popular film, I think is what they called it. And that did not go over well. That went over like a lead balloon. Um, I just, there's just too many questions. What makes it qualify? What's a popular movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like what is based off box office? Is it based off a fan vote? Which by the way, the fan vote stuff this year is a, Obviously, there were some people on fucking 4chan or Reddit or whatever <clears throat> obviously took over that vote because that Zack Snyder pick for number one. For Anyway, we don't need to go there. Um, but yeah, suffice to say, best popular film just raises more questions than it answers. I, I think that's uh, that's a problematic category. Um, it also is a little bit elitist because it's like, uh, 
you know, you have best picture and then best picture that, you know, the layman would like. It's it's like it's pretty elitist, in my opinion. I mean, the Oscars is elitist, but you get what I'm saying. Um, so the one that gets thrown around a lot that I also don't know how to judge entirely, but I think deserves to be there is best casting. Uh, casting directors are a really big part of every production, and there are some there are some movies that have great casts in them, perfectly cast people. Like you think of uh, like Licorice Pizza this year, I think would have been a great pick for best casting. I think uh, Alana Haim as a as a first time star. Uh, did a great job, and same. I don't know the name of the uh, of of the male lead in that Spencer movie. Spencer Cooper. Yeah, both of them did awesome. For all of my problems with that movie, the casting was excellent, and it's a bunch of no name people. Do you know who that who Spencer Cooper is? I don't think I do. That's Philip Seymour's son. Oh no way! <gasps> wow. Okay, I mean that makes perfect sense that he would have that connection to Paul Thomas Anderson, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so. One of the main problems with the casting category that people like to throw about is, like, how do you really judge this? Do you just give it to the movie with the most amount of stars every year? Do you just give it to the movie? Whatever, whoever cast Leo in a movie, um, like, um, whoever the casting director was for Don't Look Up, would it just automatically win the Oscar because it has Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and Meryl Streep in it? Like, and, and Jonah Hill. Yeah. And like Mark these, Rylance. And... and these are legitimate questions. I think these are legitimate concerns that would need ironing out, but I don't think that is enough of a reason to not recognize these people. So that's going to be my pick. That's a long answer. <laughs> it's, it's a long answer, but I think that's you what I'm going to go with. with long answers. I don't think you do. So <laughs> yeah, I think uh, let's, let's go with uh, best casting or whatever we want to call that award. It's right. going to be my pick. Should the Oscars be sooner in the calendar because all the precursor awards pretty much reveal who will win. That's an interesting question. Um, I don't... If you believe that the Oscars should be sooner in the calendar, I don't think that them being like spoiled by the other awards or anything is a good enough reason. Um, there is enough variation. Not a ton of variation, but there's, there's enough variation between them. Um... The Golden Globes is now a thing of the past. Um, so really, it's the Guild Awards. Um, but casual viewers of the Oscars, I don't think really follow the Guild Awards. Um, granted, casual viewers of the Oscars are fewer and fewer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's never really bothered me. Um, it depends, I guess, on how much of your enjoyment of the Oscars comes from your Oscar pool more or less the oscars is a night to celebrate film and i think the oscars and the academy would be wise to lean into that and they have been doing that there was a lot of uh segments in the show paying tribute to the anniversaries of certain movies there was a great anniversary section of pulp fiction which we neglected to talk about uh and they're bringing well, out not so much an anniversary they just had three presenters sure from pulp fiction. fair enough but they but they used the opportunity to pay uh yeah to pay tribute to pulp fiction and to um juno Mm -hmm. And to White Men Can't Jump. Yeah. And I, I really liked each of those segments. Me too. I like that way to present it, to, yeah. again, honor the past. Yeah. Um, the one thing I actually forgot to mention, um, I can't remember what... Oh, actually, it was because the slap had just occurred. Um, but after the commercial break, that's when Diddy came out and introduced the uh, homage to The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck was De Niro there? Yeah. He's not in The Godfather. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's true. He's in Godfather too. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't even it didn't even cross my mind, honestly. It totally did. It, I it, I was like, what? Because I I was still reeling, and I think I was answering texts from my friend Chad, who would text me like, "What the fuck just happened?" Hmm. Oh, this was post slap. Post slap. So I'm looking at my phone, and then I look up, and I see De Niro, and I wasn't paying attention to the montage, and so I couldn't tell if it was a celebration of the Godfather trilogy or just the Godfather. So I was like, I didn't want to say anything. I'm like, why the fuck was De Niro there? Oh, I was like, it must've been the trilogy. And then I think I asked him, I'm like, was that the trilogy or just the Godfather? Like the Godfather, I'm like, then why the fuck was De Niro there? Mm -hmm. He's not in that fucking movie. (laughs) Makes no sense. Yeah. So whatever. Um, Um, I, I think, I mean, to answer the initial question, I don't have a problem with it. It gives me a little extra time to actually watch the movies, there and it gives go. everybody a little bit of extra time to watch the movies. Um, and if having my predictions be a little bit stronger <laughs> is the is the result of that, then so be it. There's enough going on with the Oscars, in my opinion, that it's not really a problem for me personally. Okay. I'm on the fence. Yeah. I would love to be surprised going to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I would but, love it. I mean, you were what, 20 for 23 this year, you said? Yeah. You're getting pretty good at this. Yeah. And it's not that hard. You just look at the Guild Awards and, I mean, I'm sure you have more to it than that, but that's really the first step. Just who won Who won the SAG Award? It was Troy Kotzer? Cool. Troy Kotzer is going to win Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. You can you can just line them up and most likely you're going to get most of your stuff right. Mm-hmm. So being surprised at the Oscars would be a delightful, delightful treat. Now, I could help that by not looking at the results from the other guild awards but that's like me not reading the news like that that's the news feed that i i read into i'd have to stop listening to some of the podcasts i listen to and i just i don't really want to do that and i shouldn't have to do that no so on the one hand i would love it like if if the oscars came out like mid-february like before all the other ones i'd be kind of up for it like they the, toyed with that one year right yeah yeah and i i'd be like that's awesome but on the flip side because i live in a small town the chances of me to be able to see all the best picture nominees before that date are slim to none mm-hmm. so if they were to do that i would love for them to tweak the eligibility rules where it's not just a one week showing in new york and la and then a wide release in January. I want a wide release across North America before December 31st. Yeah. So give me a chance to see these films. So I'm on the fence. I'm with you. I don't like it this – like I don't like late March when it was. I mean, hey, as it was, I didn't get all the best picture noms myself. And I watched the 8th of 10 the night before the Oscars yeah. or two nights before the Oscars. I would – I personally – like. End of February works really great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if they commit to that, I'll be honest. If they commit to that, I would commit to a road trip to Vancouver so I could go see all the ones I could. I can't see here. Mm-hmm. Um, the smaller theatrical window helps big time. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm okay with it. I definitely want it sooner than the end of March. Like even early March would be nice, but whatever. That's just my opinion. Hmm. All right. Do you think the 10 Best Picture nominees are worth it? Does it devalue a Best Picture nomination? And do you 
actually think that like four or five of them might actually win? Like, were you going into the show thinking Nightmare Alley has a chance? Well, no. Uh, there's even when there was five, there was usually one or two front runners. Uh, so I mean, even there being five was uh, you know, just kind of for show. Does there being ten instead of five devalue the pick? Inherently, yes. Like it's, it's just clear that um, if there's a group of five movies that you say, hey, these are the best, uh, they're going to be, I guess, worth more than the 10 movies that are the best. That's just mathematics. That's just yeah. how it'll work. So um, I do understand the argument for having fewer movies um, for for that reason. Um, do I feel that there should be fewer? Um, well, let's see. We have Coda. Belfast, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story this year. I think I could pick a solid five out of those and only really be missing one or two. So if it was five, I probably would have gone with Coda, Belfast, um, Dune. <laughs> uh, Coda, Belfast, Dune, Power of the Dog west side story okay and i think i would feel comfortable with those as would i yeah that's that's the five i would pick now the inclusion of 10 does allow that foreign film to be in there as well which is great yeah. i i never i didn't see um drive my car mm -hmm. but don't bother <laughs> but i think it's great when uh foreign language films do find their way in here i think I it's agree. great to recognize some of the best movies from around the world or, or let me let me phrase that a different way i think it's ridiculous that we don't notice some of the best movies in the world because they're not in english yeah so I, I i like seeing those in there from time to time um even though i'm probably not going to check out drive my car because i heard it was kind of middle of the road pardon the pun i feel that it does devalue the nomination mm -hmm. i used to look at the five best picture noms and goes those movies must be fucking unbelievable it wasn't always the case not but... always the case but it heightened the value mm -hmm. with 10 i'll be honest i don't look at the, the 10 as those are the 10 best for some reason i have no rational explanation when i see five best picture nominees i'm like those must be the five best films of the year mm -hmm. i see a list of 10 i don't think those are the 10 best i don't know why i have no rational explanation but it's just something about it that just seems to make me devalue their nominations in here uh but <laughs> As we're all well aware, the original intent of expanding to 10 was to try to get in more popular films. Which it didn't really succeed in doing, although Dune probably would not be nominated. Even though it would have been on our top five, I don't know if it no, would I have made it. Would have been. It would have been? Yeah. With <laughs> that many below the line mm -hmm. nominations, it, would have, it probably would have made it in there. Mm -hmm. What I'm confused as well is why aren't there more animated films in there now? Yeah, um, so I'm trying to think of earlier nomination uh, rounds, let's say, earlier years. Uh, Up was nominated for Best Picture, I believe. Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 was nominated, so basically Pixar, Pixar, Pixar. <laughs> um, and rightfully so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, was uh, Soul was not nominated. Nope. Which was a shame. Soul did win Best Animated Feature, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of the problem with having so much overlap. One of the things, one of the downsides of having foreign language films in there, as much as I do like having them in there, is when Drive My Car is nominated for Best Picture, 
and then best foreign language feature comes up it's like well golly gee which one is gonna win is it the one who's also nominated for best picture yeah same thing goes for the animated movies right like if yep. uh um what Encanto had been in there? Yeah, if Encanto had been in there, it's like, well obviously Encanto is gonna win best animated feature as well, right? So it does kind of spoil itself if uh but then I mean I'm not really willing to sacrifice the diversity of nominees yep. for that. So um I don't know, there's not really a good answer for it. But um I I've only really been following the Oscars closely as long as there's been ten noms. Right, like, yep. um, oh, right, fair, fair. Yeah, so I'm not really like I'm kind of used to it, if yep. I'm being honest. Totally fair. Yeah. Last question, Sam, what are you gonna rate this year's Oscars out of five? It had some problems, and it was marred by an unfortunate event that some people will use to define it in the future. Um, but with some solid hosts, and for the most part winners that i'm very happy about or like at the very least okay with um i thought it was a good year for the oscars really happy that i watched i think i'll give it a four all right i really wanted to give it a four Mm -hmm. i can't do it i gotta give it a three why is that i had a lot of problems with the show a lot more than i once i've taken a step back from the enjoyment i had watching the show with all of you the show itself had a lot of problems. Like, they have a Bond montage celebration, and they come back, and they don't do Billie Eilish's song right after it. Yeah, that's a problem. I'm never going to forgive them for that in memoriam. <laughs> Ever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to forgive them for all the awards that were sh- that were given out before the show, and we get tiny little clips of them in between. I want every award on this show. You take out st- stuff like... We didn't get to see Hans Zimmer's speech, but we get live action short. Actually, we didn't. But your boy won. That was a that was Riz Ahmed. Yeah, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, love Riz Ahmed. But like animated short, I don't. I'm so I'm sorry. I understand the craft that gets into it, but I this is that's not a marquee award. No, take it off the fucking show. You want to shorten the show? Get that off. Mm-hmm. Besides the people that made Best Animated Short, how many people are actually excited about it? I've never... Well, I shouldn't say never. 98% of the time, I've never seen any of them. And the only reason I've seen some of them is because they play in front of Pixar films when I go see them at the movie theater. That's very true. Those are the only animated shorts I've ever watched. Now, yes, that's on me. I could make more of an effort to watch the animated shorts, but I don't care about them. Animated shorts are basically like tv i don't watch a lot of tv it's not the medium i like i like feature length films that's the art form i like that's the art form i want to celebrate get the shorts out both documentary and animated get them out of there fuck right off so (laughs) so it's a three it's a three it's a three now before we head off we're gonna pay a little tribute to one of our favorite people and my favorite punching bag. And that's past. That's PFG, hmm. Rachel Corp. Surprise, Rachel. Surprise, Rachel. <laughs> Every year, Rachel does her post-Oscars Oscars. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome. Her write-ups are great. Uh, her selections and categories are fun. So we're going to share them here on the show. First up is Best Dressed. 
Now, she wrote something. Oh, I lost it. Damn it. See if I can bring it up quickly enough. She wrote up something that was quite amusing. I am kind of surprised, by the way, Manny, that you did not have anything to say off the top about the red carpet. Because I know uh, you are always somebody who likes to talk about um, you know, best dressed and uh, sort of the build up to the Oscars. And I didn't get the to red... watch. I didn't get. To you watch didn't red... watch the red carpet. No, okay, that I makes didn't. Sense. I didn't get a chance. I I had to drop. It was my sister's kind of birthday party, mm. and then I had to drive my out to Westside and then come home. Right. And because I love my daughter, I pushed it as late as I could because my goal was. I, obviously, I would like to be here in time to watch the red carpet because I do enjoy it. It's the only time I care about fashion. But I was having such a great weekend with her, and she was so excited to spend some time with the family that we had out of town. I wanted to give her as much time as possible. So I was more important. I'm like, I got to get home before 5. Yeah. That's all, that's <laughs> all, I, that's all I really care about. Yeah. So I, didn't actually, I got to see none. Okay, that explains it. Yeah, I was expecting you to bring that up at some point. But anyway. So uh, first up is Best Dressed, and uh, Rachel wrote something great. Um she said, uh, did the men bring the fashion last night? For the first time, I think, ever, I was more wowed and interested in what the guys are wearing than the women. A blogger that I follow wrote an article once about how she will be excluding Chalamet and Zendaya from her best dress list because it's not fair to anyone else as they will always win. <laughs> I might have to start doing the same. So she did pick Chalamet and Zendaya as her was best Chalamet male. shirtless? Yes, he the, was. Oh my god, what a fucking move! What a fucking move! Won't lie, wasn't happy. It looked good. I didn't like it. <laughs> That's a traditionalist in me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I'm fully aware of it. It's my old man. Get off my lawn. What if? What if he had like a bow tie on? What if he just no, had a bow that, tie? <laughs> that would have been even worse. That would have been. That worse. was a magic mic. I would have been more angry. Yeah. <laughs> Am I saying that he looked bad? I'm not. I well, because how could you? You're not a liar, man. Yeah, right. you're not a liar. Nothing but truth in here. But. It, I won't lie, it bugged me. Okay, that's fair. All right. So she also picked some runners-up. And her uh, runners-up for male were uh, Simu Lee in his red tuxedo. Looked good. Good tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone that I thought looked... I thought someone that looked great basically from the neck up uh, was Kristen Stewart. <laughs> okay. I did not like that she was wearing shorts. Yeah. No, but she, she looked beautiful. She did. Her she hair did. and makeup was Yeah, it was unbelievable. great. Unbelievable. I noticed the exact same thing. She yeah. looked great. But when I saw she was wearing shorts, I'm like, nah, I don't like it. <laughs> Traditional. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> At least I'm being honest. Oh, uh, you fucker. Um, she did pick a best-dressed couple, but uh, judging by the picture, it's I don't know who the guy is, uh, but the girl is Sean Hader. Right. The director. Yes. So yeah. whoever her husband is. Uh, great. Just the black tux. This is just in our Academy Awards <coughs> chat, right? Yep. Oh, I'm going to scroll to this as you're going through. Yeah. I, if you know who that is, great. Because I don't know who it is. Hmm. Anyways. All right. Um, she did pick a runner-up uh, as uh, Kristen Stewart and her girlfriend? Wife? Are they married? I don't know if they're married. Okay. Partner. Sure. Okay. Uh, that was the runner-up. Um, worst dressed. Oh, I forgot to look this up. I have no idea who it is. I yeah, can. I don't know who this is. But that's that's a horrible dress. Yeah, it's not good. It, it's it's real, real bad. Um, best performance, uh, uh, Dos Erguitos. Uh, yeah, we had Billie Eilish. We did. Yep. She loved that performance. Mm-hmm. Worst performance, or sorry, biggest disappointment goes to the We Don't Talk About Bruno performance. Mm-hmm. I can't really argue it, but... It, felt, dis- it my, felt a little weird to me. My biggest disappointment was... Um, was the in memoriam? Yeah, uh, but she was fucking pumped for this. So 
the disappointment level. Yeah. It like her expectations were so high they weren't met. I know you do like the in memoriam for paying tribute to people, but it's not like you're fucking ecstatic. Like yes, the in memoriam. Who died this year? It's it's I, more of like a sadly, respectful thing. It's almost kind of. That's like almost that. kind of it. it okay. Uh, it, I, it, I said it's fucking morbid, but I don't know why I like it, but I do. It's paying tribute. Uh, best presenter, tie between, between Kevin Costner, our picks, our picks, <laughs> and Yun Ya Jung. You're getting better. I don't think I am. <laughs> uh, best speech obvious winner i don't think there's any debate that no. was that was a fucking one of the it's, moments of the it's night Troy Kotzer. Yeah. and the sad thing is sam is if that slap hadn't occurred will smith's speech probably would have been unbelievable mm-hmm. yep yeah unbelievable not the one he gave because he was trying to cover his tracks yeah but honestly i hated it too though like the fucking opening line richard williams was protecting his family or whatever he said like that didn't hit for me uh worst speech uh, she said she didn't get one down. I got one. Uh, it's Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I like it. Will Smith. Let's yeah. go with it. Uh, worst Oscars moment. Jamie Lee Curtis bringing a scared puppy on stage. Yeah. Um, if we're just, if we're not picking the, the thing. Yeah. If we're not picking the thing. We're not picking the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, uh, best Oscars moment. Coda wins best picture. Fully and wholeheartedly agreed. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to tear up. Yeah. Thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Uh, biggest Oscars, and I refuse to say it this way, it's not WTF. It's what the fuck. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't do WTF. Mm-mm. You have three guys not relevant to anything James Bond. They aren't even actors. Present a Bond tribute. That then doesn't lead into the nominated Bond song. What the fuck, Oscars? Mm-hmm. Those were that was Tony Hawk and the snowboarders. Oh, yeah, it was Tony Hawk, Sean White, and I have no idea who the middle guy was. Okay, for yeah. those who don't know, Sean White, I guess, is one of the he's considered the best, like the Tony Hawk of snowboarding, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Oscars MVP is Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't disagree. Absolutely, fucking killed it. Yeah, she did great. All right, and that wraps up our brand new bonus episode that we're trying out for the first time that Sam, I won't lie. I kind of liked it. This was fun. This was, this, w- this went well longer than we expected. Yeah. We were thinking shocker. Like, yeah. We're like, Oh, this will be a, this will be a breezy episode. Yeah. Incorrect. As always. Very incorrect. <laughs> That's all right. It's our first time doing it. Yeah. We can tighten it up. Oh yeah. Or expand it. Yeah. We can be like the Oscars. We can just <laughs> next time. Rachel's segment can just be not televised or something. <laughs> That's right. If we need to cut for time, yeah. we'll cut Rachel. No, for real. We should, for real though, we should have like a recurring, like Rachel's red carpet or something like that in these episodes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Rachel's post Oscars to Oscars are yeah. always going to be on here. Yeah. Rachel, I know you, you're listening right now. So let us know. What do you think? Yeah. You want to be a recurring segment here? I think she, I think she does. And by the way, for in case it wasn't, I did not ask her permission. No, this just happened. I kind of wanted to give her a surprise. Hopefully, she likes it. Yeah. I'm hoping. <laughs> hopefully, it, she's not mortified. Yeah, you know, you know her better than I. So. I, I hope she's not upset. That you know I, what? she I might just, feel she might feel a little uncomfortable that we're actually speaking somewhat positively about her because whenever she gets brought up, you usually are tearing her a new one. I didn't shit on anything. She I picked? don't think you shat on anything, man. Oh, we liked you know, all of her picks. You know what? This will be the one episode I don't shit on. Her. Wow. How about that? Wow. Now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up our uh, 94th Academy Awards recap show. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you give us a five-star rating and positive review, it does increase the profile of our podcast. It allows more people to find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. You can email us at SamMannyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast. 
You can also follow us on shit. Uh, Letterboxd. <laughs> Not uh, shit. Letterboxd. Yeah. Uh, Manny42 and Sam Reimer. Correct. We would love, uh, if you guys are interested in what we've been watching um, and want to follow along at what we give movies and rate them, you can definitely follow us there. Sometimes we throw reviews on there too. Yeah. I, I try to write a lot of reviews. I only I have, to... at the time of recording this, I only have seven reviews, like typed up reviews ever. I'm going to try to get a few more of those in there. So yeah. So we'll see. So yeah, if you, if you listen to this show... And you like what we have to say, you might like to follow us on Letterboxd. So, for the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast, I'm Manny Manuel. Keep my podcast name out of your fucking mouth. I'm Sam Reimer. Adios! <laughs>